0: Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. You had a wayward child. This wayward child goes off into the world and uh, caused a great deal of grief and pain to himself and to his family. But you also had the wounded son. That was the son that stayed home. He was the outwardly faithful child but he was spiritually wounded on the inside and when you read the text and take a close look at it you actually find the father waited for both of these children both of these sons and uh in this text uh you see both of them receiving healing and restoration verse 11 jesus continued this whole chapter he's dealing with lost things and uh up to this point, he's not really dealt with lost people as much as things. But now he, he, he talks about a particular man that had two sons. He was a, a parent. Both cubs came out of the same den, but they were very, very different. Much like uh, those of us with children or those of us who are children. Uh, hopefully everyone in this room is in either category unless you're a UFO, and we'll pray for you afterwards. But all of us came here through birth, and uh, through that process, we tend to have family. Verse 12, two different boys, one parent. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. In effect, the young boy Said to his father, I wish you were dead. I want your stuff, but I don't want you. How many of you have a teenager? That's some serious stuff. We spent some time on Wednesday talking about parenting. And, uh, this week I, I have spent a whole lot of time in personal prayer. I have good kids, but they're growing kids. And they're growing faster than I'm comfortable with. And frankly, looking at them, I want to slow down, slow down. But actually, they're growing naturally and becoming who they should be in the natural order of things. It's just I'm having a hard time adjusting. And, uh, you know, when you get that age, you kind of stick your chest out a little bit. And uh, things change. You see, and I had to approach all this in a sanctified manner. (laughs) See, when I was a kid, my brother-in-law was four or five years older than me, and it seems like from about eighth grade, he was six foot tall, weighed 200 pounds. And as I got into high school, you know, he was, you know, he was either out or just, just the last year in. Every time I walked in the room, He punched me in my chest for no apparent reason. And it felt like my chest wrapped around his knuckles. I want to cry, but I, you know, I was too scared to hit him back. It's funny, as, as I get older, my kid walking, I feel like doing the same thing. Sometimes for no apparent reason. But in my sanctified self, I've learned to behave. But I got to be frank with you. This week, I've been worried. Um, You know, the great man of faith and power got feet of legs like clay, like everybody else in this room. And um, I've always kind of had this dark spot, a fear about how my kids would develop because I wasn't raised in the church, and I was like, well. So was a raising i don 't have this experience and and, and i 'm going to mess this thing up and it was just a hidden fear, but finally, this week it really began to surface, and I you know you have to pray until you have peace. do not just pray to do some duty, pray until there's, there's, there's a knowing that he heard and, and there's, there's a resolution that comes from it so this week. Actually, I was borderline on physical, sick, all types of things trying to go on my body. But emotionally, I was just bent out of shape. And the Lord was allowing this thing to surface. It's this, this fear. this apprehensive. I had apprehension I had about my, my children. Finally, though, near the end of the week, the Lord spoke to me. And, you know, God knows my history. So I, I don't even know if I can do it with the same inflection that he said this w- with. But it, it was almost a level of sarcasm. It was, son, I have kept you I could keep them. That's right. yes. 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 I came into the kingdom at 20, wild and 20. Crazy things yes. in my mind and my thinking. God got a hold of these boys much younger yes. than he got hold yes. of me. Son, if I have kept you, I, I yes. Yes. will keep Thank you. them. He went on to say, times have changed. And I've been talking to other parents about, man, it needs some crazy times, man. Turn on the TV, just walk down the street. God said, times have changed, but I have not. But he said something else that was a word of wisdom in my moment that I'm sharing with you. He said, son, your, your children know, but now they have to decide. And that may sound so simple, but it was so liberating. You see, my kids know what's right. They know what to do. But it's one thing to know the scripture says, love your brother, your mother, your father, your neighbor. It's another thing to do it. And my kids, they're at a place now where they need to translate knowledge into decision. And you watch them. And you want to make decisions for them. But the reality is, Ultimately, they're their their own people now. They're getting older. They have to make the decisions. And I I began to understand the season, particularly in my oldest son's life, who's paying particular attention as I minister this morning. (laughs) He knows, but he must decide. You've done your job if your kids know. Leave the decision in the hands of God. And it's funny, after really fretting and and being nervous and upset about this all week, finally when God spoke to me, peace came. I know that God got my kids. I know that, again, if he can get me, he can get them. And it's not about me being a great parent as much as God being a great God. So that, you know, I'm going to do the best I can to be a good parent. But that took so much pressure off. See, his joke is easy as is burning his light. I was getting weighed down. Oh God, what about the mistakes I might be making? I, I have made. Oh gosh, in the weight of it. It's a, it's a heavy responsibility to be a parent. But he took it off. Same boy, just like I kept you. I, I, you know. I am you know. The great God will keep your boys. So for me, that was liberating. And uh, out of this time, kind of comes this parable to kind of wrap things up and put a nice bow on the package. Well, there's a man with two sons, but then the baby of the family. I was talking to one one of our youth leaders. He's in, and you know, I was, you know, he was he was sharing with me, and forgive me, I can't quote him properly, but he was like, "You see, you're dealing with your, your oldest son." And again, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but no, no, no. It's the younger son you gotta watch out because the younger son got game. Because he's watched the older boy. Right? That was good. That's right. He knows exactly what to say, what not. He's watched. So he knows how to play it. So I'm in for a double whammy here. But the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of this thing. Again, I wish you were dead. I, I don't want you anymore. I want what you have. So the father does something that most of us would think was bad parenting. So he divided his property between them. Sometimes God will answer your request or your prayer to teach you a lesson. One of the worst things that can happen is to get what you want before you're ready. If your child would have said, I wish you were dead. I want your stuff, not you. Give me the car keys. I don't have time for you. Most of us would put the kid on lockdown, perhaps give him a beat down. All types of approaches we might take. At least a lecture. But not this father. He said, boy, I'm going to give you exactly what you want. You know, I've taught you. I've talked to you. Now you're going to have to learn from yourself. And, you know, sometimes if you don't learn by others' example, you have to learn by your own experience. And the tough piece in parenting it's backing up, saying, I told you, but now you're going to have to learn. And, you know, daddy loves you. And if it gets too bad, I might step in there. But, boy, if you get put in jail, I'm going to let you stay in there all night. I'm not rushing to the police station, particularly this is time number two. I want you to smell the place. I want you to feel the place. So you understand what you're messing with, what you're playing with. Yes. You understand? Parenting is not for weak people. It is the greatest leadership test of your life. Yes. Yes. Not all, long after that, and this lets you know what was in the kid's mind from the very start. The younger son got together all he had. Again, the child's plan all the time. And this is the child. Sometimes you got to give your kids space. And give them what they're asking for, even though, you know, it would hurt them. See, I'm concerned about my preaching because some people, Paul said, you know, the weak and and unstable, they twist what I say and use it for their own hurt. So please listen with God's ears. Even last Sunday was for some, it was a difficult message because you're not listening with your heart. Last Sunday, I wasn't teaching that Jesus died to give us stuff. I was teaching that God wants to redeem the spirit of man, the, the heart of man, the, the person, and with the person comes the world. Listen, Jesus came to redeem all of creation. Humans, but also lions, tigers, and bears. The, the lamb will lay down with the lion. There come a time if a, hands, if a boy sticks his hand in an adder's nest, the Bible says he won't bite. There's coming a time where there won't be earthquakes. There won't be famines. God came to redeem man and creation. Let's stop departmentalizing redemption. It's complete and absolute. And please let me preach the word of God as I ought. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off, I'm out of here for a distant country. How many of you find yourself in a faraway place right now, far away from God? Now, I'm talking about young people, but still 40, 50. Sometimes we find ourselves wandering in far off distant places, wondering, how did I get here? And there squandered his wealth, his blessing, his youth, his inheritance in wild, loose, undisciplined and wasted living. It's a bad picture. You think daddy would step in and say, child, I love you. I'm coming to get you. Sometimes you have to let people hit bottom, depending on the personality of the child and the person. You don't do that to a five-year-old. You don't do that to a six-year-old. But to that child that, that might be 16, 17, 18, maybe not even 16. Maybe, when they get older and they learn and they heard enough times, now it's not about what they know or don't know as much as what they've decided. And you cannot argue with a made-up mind. So sometimes you have to let life do what you couldn't do and say, child, I love you when you come back. I love you when you come to yourself. I mean, I love you in heart even now. But I love you too much to help you. Good parenting is tough stuff. You got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, know when to run. You got to count your blessings, right? You don't know. I mean, there's no book that says at 13 you do this. At 12, you, each child's different. Each child has a different bent. One child, you might have to uh, paddle the backside just a little bit. Another child, you may not even touch at all. Maybe they're very little. Some kids, you just say, oh, God, they start weeping and repenting. Other kids, if you beat them with a brick and a stick, they'd be like, this just depends on the child. It does. So daddy doesn't come and get them. Sometimes only after, after the child goes through, after the little girl has the abortion, she said, oh, that was real. Don't put them out to church. Don't put them out your house. Sometimes they don't learn to after. Or after she has that first baby at 17, after your little boy has to now uh, take on a part-time job to support that child that that other girl had, sometimes they only understand after. I'd I love for them to get it before. mean, yeah. But, you know, God looks at me and said, boy, I wish you would have got some of that before. Yeah. So you be careful judging them kids too harshly. After he had spent everything, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When, they, when they come to the end of themselves, and they just like you sometimes. After he spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. Where are your friends now, child? Where are all your running buddies, all them partners that you were following their counsel versus mine? Where are they now? It gets so bad, he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. Now, this you know, seems kind of bad to us, but it seems worse to a Jewish person. Pigs were unclean animals, as you all know. You were not only not supposed to eat them, you were not supposed to touch them. Now, you have a guy that's actually feeding them. So this guy, now, the way it's assaulting the senses of the Jewish listener. First of all, This daddy's irresponsible to give his kids such an inheritance. But guess what? Father God is equally as irresponsible to give you all those blessings. To give you sight, to give you hearing, to give you use of your limbs, to give you one sane day, uh, a moment to think a thought. He gave you all those gifts knowing what you would do with them. But he gave them many. But the Jewish mind was like, that's a terrible father. But God's trying to reveal a picture of God. And then the boy... I he, mean, he, he's obviously, he's rejected daddy's religion. He's, he's, he's in an unclean, an unclean nation. He's, he, it's just a mess. Verse 16 goes on. It says he longed to fill his stomach with the positive to pick. He was hungry. And sometimes you gotta let your kids suffer long enough to get hungry. You gotta let them go through long enough to get thirsty. Cause all the preaching, all the teaching, all the yelling, all the screaming is not enough. Sometimes it's not until deep begins to call to deep and it makes no sense, that void inside them that's been crying out until that gets loud enough. Sometimes you need to stop buying them stuff. They need to hear that hunger on the inside. You say, well, my kids aren't happy because they want another game. No, 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 no. Maybe they need a day in silence to hear what their heart's been saying to them all the time. Am I saying don't buy games? No, you hear what I'm saying, right? I don't have to re-preach on every point. We're wise people, grown folk, you understand what I'm teaching today. He said he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that pigs were eating. but No one gave him anything. Again, all those friends said, you know, oh, I'm in love with, with uh, Slick Rick here. and Slick Rick, he loved me. And I love Ricky. And we just in love, mom and dad. We just in love. Where Ricky now? No, Where Ricky now? It's a cruel world out there. Sometimes your kids need to learn that. He said, well, I taught him. Maybe you did. But they're in uh, 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 the valley of decisions. They're in a season of decision. where They have to make choices. Verse 17. When he came to his senses, we all have moments of temporary insanity. Sin is really temporary insanity. Every time I sin, I've lost my mind for a moment. I've lost my better and higher judgment. But because of the circumstances, and the hunger in his heart and the fact that he remembered a loving father, he was able to come to himself. Your kids may be crazy. And listen, my kids, they're not there yet. I'm not preaching bad about my children. But your kids may be crazy. But my prayer is that they have a memory of your house. Yes. That they have a memory of your love. Yes. That when they have a coming to themselves, that there's a homesickness. There's a longing. For that which you developed in their lives for so many years when, when they were young. And that coming home means coming back to you, but also coming back to your God. He said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? Again, homesickness. See, you, some of your kids don't have that yet. Because they haven't gone far enough away. Don't fight with them. I mean, use wisdom. Sometimes you got to let them go. And after a while, though, train a child in the way they should go. But when they're old, they're not part. There's a homing device in all children that'll make them want to come back home. How many of my father's men had food to spare and here I am starving to death. So, you know, daddy was right, he says. Daddy was right. But he also understood something about daddy. Daddy's righteousness did not supersede his love. That's important. I can be right all day long, but child, I love you. I don't care how right I was and how wrong you are. I love you. That has to be the heart, the waiting father. You go through your times of wondering. You go through your times of being that wounded brother in the church, and we'll get to him in a moment. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.